0: Hello, welcome to another of our short podcasts focused on the event industry. In this episode, we look at sustainability with Anna abdel co-founder of ILA, a non-profit organisation founded by event professionals and industry leaders, focusing on a sustainable future for events. Anna, thank you for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. It's great to join you.
0: You know most of our listeners will already be aware of the challenges we all have in making our lives more sustainable but just to set the scene for us briefly what do we all need to achieve around the world in the next few years
1: Sure it's um it can get a little bit uh complicated and nuanced sometimes because sustainability is not a simple um a simple area to get your head around but the kind of in the short it's that we need to cut our our carbon emissions um, so that we can operate as, as net zero global society, which essentially means reducing the amount of carbon that we're actually putting into the atmosphere as far as possible by, re, not, you know, green energy technologies, reducing our travel footprints, reducing production, all those sorts of things. Doesn't sound very appealing when you're kind of talking about reducing all the time, um, but that's the reality of the situation um, and where we're unable to reduce our emissions down entirely, we want to look at balancing those out um, through investment in clean energy technologies or in um, you know, tree planting schemes, protection of carbon sinks, those sorts of things. So essentially we're, we're looking for net zero across the globe as quickly and as rapidly as possible.
0: Now that's a message that we hear on the TV and online and in newspapers all the time lots of different organizations all with slightly different views tell me about your organization you're, you're quite new on the scene aren't you
1: we are quite new on the scene well uh, we're, we're we're newer on the scene than I would like to be as a result of COVID but you know that's a story for another day um, but we officially launched in September 2020 so you know, right in the, we're not out the other side yet, but kind of right in the heart of the pandemic last year. Um, We were actually due to launch earlier in the year in March, (laughs) pre-pandemic, but it sort of, that was all tied into suddenly the very swift and rapid shutdown of the industry. So um, timing wise, it wasn't ideal, Uh, but we sort of looked at the kind of the landscape and recognised that this is almost a big reset for events. Um, And when we return to our in-person experiences and conferences and meetings and so on we need to be looking at how we can deliver those in a in a much more sustainable way um, in a much more considered and accountable and responsible way and felt therefore that it was a brilliant time to launch because we're so focused on education and resources and so on and actually it's been amazing it's obviously been an incredibly difficult year for the industry not to kind of diminish that at all But we went from 12 founding members in September to less than eight months later, we're now about 60. So we've grown very rapidly in the last eight, eight, nine months, which has been really exciting for us.
0: I've sat through many presentations over the last few years, read many articles about sustainability and all those challenges we talked about. Most are very good about setting the challenge, kind of asking the question, but they don't ever kind of give us much in practical to do's on on how to get started and on what we should be doing next does your organization have these answers
1: yes <laughs> um yeah, in, in simple terms yes um hang on i'll get a pencil yeah. we'll write them down <laughs> get, get, your, get your pen and paper yeah i think that was for us it was so important to be an action-focused organization um there is so much discussion and conversation around the fact that we need to be more sustainable And it's brilliant to be having those conversations. It's brilliant that that is the narrative um, across business and governments and and globally, but that doesn't necessarily move the dial forward because you need to have some tangible things that you can do. What actions can you actually take? And so ILO was very much founded on the needs to be an action focused organization. So what that looks like for us is around providing education and knowledge. So training, getting people up to speed, making sure that when we're talking about net zero, everyone knows what that means being able to share knowledge between ourselves you know we work very much in silo within the industry but we are an entire you know thousands of people their sole thing is problem solving and finding solutions we've got some incredible minds incredible brains so how can we kind of pull those knowledge and resources So is that kind of education and knowledge sharing piece facilitating change so we have a uh, working groups we have um, projects that we're We're developing and delivering around systems and infrastructure adaptations, which are really necessary to enable us to change, change the trajectory of the events industry. And then also around reporting, how can we actually, you know, everybody knows the phrase, you can't manage what you don't measure. So how can we actually measure the impact of our events um, and our industry on the whole, and how that is contributing towards our kind of global carbon footprint. And therefore, what can we do to reduce that? Because as we said, we know we need to be reducing our carbon emissions. So how do we go about doing that? So it's that education, facilitation and measurement, essentially.
0: We, we can actually check in and see just how that might look on the ground, as it were, because also on the line, I have one of my uh, colleagues from Goose Live Events, uh, Becca Whittles. Uh, Becca, thanks for joining us. You've just put some of the processes that Anna's been talking about into practice on a, a recent COVID secure event for a client. So how was it?
2: it was actually really interesting we did a we collaborated with isla to create a carbon emissions report for this one event looking back at it it kind of at first it seems like a huge task to undertake but the data we got from it was eye-opening. It probably added about 10% of time onto the normal management time that I would spend on this kind of event. With it being the first exercise of its kind we'd undertaken, I had to invest a couple of days extra but anticipate now that I know the processes that need to be done, I can create the templates which will reduce time going forward.
0: So I know, because we work together, you're brilliant at... um budgets and schedules and logistics as a project coordinator bringing all this together when you had your spreadsheet and you were going to others the creatives the technical people what was their reaction
2: um it was mixed a few it took quite a long time to get information back to me that i needed others came back with it straight away or just said we don't have this in process at the moment but I can send it across as soon as I've got it. It's made me realise that in order to understand the environmental impact an event you need to drill down into key areas and really understand your supply chain and where you're getting things from and how they're getting to you.
0: Anna is that is that a typical response?
1: Yeah I think when you kind of first start talking to people about measuring, the, measuring an event it's entirely overwhelming to, to kind of consider that there's travel, there's the materials that we're using, there's the waste we're producing, there's the catering side of things. You know, there's, there's this big list, it's, it's the entirety of an event. You know, every activity has some kind of impact. But actually, once you start looking at the information you're collecting, and understanding really how to do it. You know, we did this on the fly, didn't we, Becca? It was quite short notice that we decided to take this step. Had you known what you needed right from the beginning of the project, it would have been a very different set of circumstances. But we collect so much data on our events already. You know, we create trucking schedules to know exactly what time someone's coming into a yard and what time they're leaving. So we know when the next person can come in. We collect crew travel information um, because we're either organising their travel or booking their travel, or we're signing them in, we are collecting information around how many meals we're ordering, whether that's for crew or guests. We're already doing this, we're already collecting data. We're just not collecting the extra column or the extra row um, on those kind of matrices or spreadsheets or however you're doing it, that would enable us to calculate the carbon information as well. Data is, is so critical. The global north the west we operate on data now data is the new currency in many ways so we know that it's super super important to understand and that's one of the things you know we talked about one of our key elements is around measurement to make this process easier um, and kind of one of the ideals that Isla is founded on about being able to measure and report and target set for the industry etc is is to make it as easy as possible for people to capture data. So I don't know if you're aware of this Martin but we've actually developed a piece of software it's in development at the moment that is reduces keystrokes as far as possible for event professionals to essentially capture the data that is needed and produce um, a carbon and waste impact report in real time. So you can put your numbers in and understand your direct impact immediately.
0: So that helps you make a choice, presumably. Sorry to cut across, but that that helps you make a choice.
1: Yes. So what you can do is input this information and say, OK, well, if I do this, this is what my carbon profile is going to look like. But if I do this, I can reduce that by X percent, for example. Um, So you can use it to estimate and compare and, and also part of our... You know part of the software is to be able to help people make better choices and as part of that reporting becca you will have seen this actually that in our in the report that was produced it was sort of like this is this is the carbon output of x many meals but if you had made 15 percent of them vegan for example it would have reduced your carbon emissions this much so it's a it's an educational reporting tool
0: so so becca you got the report at the end if you did a Similar event for the same client another at another time, and let's hope we do. What things are you already starting to look at for next time? What, what sort of shone out for you?
2: Well, something really simple, like menu design, can have a huge impact on your carbon emissions. For example, serving beef or lamb creates 10 times the emissions as opposed to chicken, fish, or pork. So it's just keeping something like that in mind, just a small tweak here and there, working with the venue, working with the caterers, that you can dramatically reduce your carbon footprint just by keeping those things in mind. And things like generators for the particular event that we created this report on, it was the only way of getting power to a critical aspect of our event. So we had to use a generator, but it was the single biggest contributor to the emissions. So we will be gonna be keeping a close eye on the future going forward. Um, to see how we can reduce, whether we can use a hybrid or a completely renewable energy generator in the future.
0: I get a sense that you, you've learned quite a lot as a part of this process.
2: Yes, huge amount. Working with um, Anna and Ben at Isla, it's helped me grow my knowledge. And as a company, we're becoming more sustainably focused. And I think it's something really important. It's an industry we all love to work in and we want to make sure that what we do doesn't detrimentally affect our environment. It just comes down to accountability and understanding what you do and what effect it has on the environment.
0: You you said it added about 10% to your workload for this event. What do you think will that reduce once you you kind of get into the swing and, and indeed some of this new software comes on board?
2: Yes, I, I think it will. As I said, I, I know what kind of information I need to collate now. And as Anna said, that it's information we've already got. It's just collating it all into one place and adding that extra column on to work out how, mon- how many emissions we're creating. So... I'm looking to put together with colleagues at Goose a suite of resources that we can use and templates that can be applied to every event and just make it a much more simple process, working with Isla and using their software alongside it.
0: Anna, so that's Becker's kind of initial first try, as it were, which sounds like it's been very successful. Are you seeing the same response at other agencies and our, our colleagues in uh, in other parts of the supply chain?
1: Yeah. Can I just say, Becca, it's really, really nice to hear that. I mean, I know that we, we talk quite a lot, but it's really lovely to get that kind of feedback and it sort of reinvigorates why we're doing this. Um, so that's really nice to hear. Um, but in terms of other, other agencies, other members, yeah, we're seeing people have been desperate for resource and desperate for support and desperate for knowledge on this. You know, we've seen sustainability come up as an issue for the last two, three years in a really big way, differently than it would have done five, eight, ten years ago, and it's down most of the time to the people delivering the jobs, putting things in front of the clients, getting sign off to find the solutions to what is an <laughs> enormous issue, a huge global issue. So you know, we, like I said, we're an industry full of absolutely incredible brains and capacity to to um, take on new ideas and work under pressure, and you know whether we should be working under those pressures is a, is a different conversation as well. But, you know, we, we've got really bright, really capable people who have been just crying out for support. Um, and I was one of them, you know, at, at one point, that was something that I really struggled with. So um, we are definitely seeing this movement across agencies um, with our with our suppliers as well. Um, people want, on the whole, our, our, our experience is that, people really want to be able to do better. People don't want to feel like they are causing massive global problems or contributing to that. You know, people are inherently good and and want to see, you know, a thriving future for the people, for people and the planet. Um, But what we've lacked is the support and the the resources and the knowledge to be able to do that. So I think, you know, yes, we're seeing this same kind of energy across the industry and across our membership base for for finding different ways and different solutions that work within each business and within each teams that are driven forward in different ways so yeah it's been for, for us it's also just been really rewarding to have those conversations with people
0: But Be- becca's example of course was from an agency perspective doing the the, the planning uh, what about other parts the supplier side of things uh, are you getting similar buy-in from all parts of the industry
1: yeah i would say so so um we've been We've been having some really interesting conversations with um, brands and sort of in-house corporate teams as well. And and we're hoping uh, part of our plan is to be announcing some of those brand members um, a little bit later on before the summer, which will be really exciting to help push the narrative forward. But, you know, we've been talking to um, fabricators and suppliers. We're actually launching, it's really exciting, launching next week for a print working group. So we have a large number of print suppliers who are engaging with us to solve some of the challenges around what does it mean what does sustainable print mean how do we actually understand that what are the infrastructure problems that need remedying and how can we pull resources and knowledge and experience together to provide some of those solutions so got some fantastic print members um coming through you know our fabricators and suppliers as well are, are are trying to provide the solutions that kind of agencies and and their clients are looking for starting to have more engaged conversations around sustainable solutions meaning more than just this material is recycled but much more around here's a material and what's it's a whole life cycle process and how can we take responsibility for that that means it's just not going into a skip at the end of a project. We're facing the same challenges just from at different points in the journey and so what we're trying to do is work with all the verticals as it were within the industry um, to understand all those problems at the different places and different stages so we can solve them and say well this would go away if you dealt with it here <laughs> so how can we do that or actually we need a big infrastructure or change and so on so yes we're seeing a lot of movement
0: so does that mean that the entire industry really should be using similar tools similar measurements uh, similar documentation in order to to capture some of this data and and help one another because a scattergun approach is is kind of not going to work is it
1: absolutely i think we need to, we need to be aligned um ILA was founded based on the IPCC, so the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, um, recommendations for radical cross-sector collaboration, which um, we thought, well, if that's what the experts are telling us to do, then let's go away and do it. So being able to kind of all, we're all rowing in the same direction is really important, but you know, we'll get there faster if we're in the same boat. Um, so I think it is really imperative for people to be aligning behind a unified way or a universal way of approaching Approaching this, and Becca, we've we've been doing some work in one of our working groups around this, and the outputs of that will be um, available in the summer. I don't really want to say too much more than that now, but that's going to be an incredible resource to align people down the same track.
0: Well, maybe we can do an update on this podcast in a few months' time and uh, see Mm. how it's sort of going forward. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned COVID because we're, you know, the COVID thing is still with us as the time of recording, although we are all getting very optimistic and we're all keen to get out there. Did COVID help, or did all that single-use PPE kind of just set us back?
1: Um, It's so difficult because if you look at things in silo, yeah, absolutely. PPE is awful from a planetary health perspective. Public health, great. Planetary health, bad. Um, But, you know, if you step back and look at the wider picture, whilst it's also wreaked havoc across industries and and really impacted economies we've reduced how much we travel we've reduced how much we produce exhibition waste is massive you know we might not want to acknowledge that but it is it is huge there have been a lot of positives for the planet for covid does that mean that we should never meet in person again and close the industry down for good? Absolutely not, you know, we know human connection and interaction is important, but I think we, we can be having an honest conversation that there are positives from environmental impacts that have come out of COVID and how can we take those, that forward and find a way to adapt or improve our events, experiences that both benefit people, but also don't go back to just killing the planet essentially.
0: we certainly don't want to go killing the planet and there's certainly some some ideas coming from your organization and in particular i think this thing about we have to have a similar set of tools so if people are interested in some of the software you've mentioned and some of your processes how do people get more information
1: cool yeah so you can just go straight to our website which is we are isla which is isla.co.uk or you can send us an email hello at weareila.co.uk. You can find us on LinkedIn and on Twitter and so on. Just drop us an email and tell us a tiny bit about yourself and then we can get back in touch. And we're very engaged, so we like to talk to people and understand their problems and, and um, get to know each individual. So, uh, yeah, we'll just send us an email and we'll set up a call.
0: Thank you very much uh, to you both. Uh, my guests today were Becca Whittles from Goose Live Events and Anna Moore from uh, Isla. Thank you. And uh, maybe we'll all get together again in in a few months' time. And uh, Becca, you'll have a couple more under your your belt and we'll compare notes.
1: Thanks, Martin.
0: You'll find other podcasts focused on the event industry linked to this one. We're adding to the library all the time. So please pop back and see us soon. I'm Martin Blunt. Thank you for listening. (laughs)